Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Helping to make our community a better place. This is the WOKV Ask the Experts Weekend. Discussing the things that matter most to you. Have a question? Have it answered by our local experts. Call 340-1045. That's 340-1045. Now, In the House with Jared on News 1045 WOKV. Hello, Jacksonville. Welcome. That's right. In the house, your home improvement questions are answered. My name is Jared Malik. I own a business, Universal Roof and Contracting. I'm a licensed general contractor. I've uh, been that uh, for a number of years. In fact, I actually have four licenses. I have a, uh, I'm a residential contractor, building contractor, uh, general contractor, and roofing contractor. And uh, I've been doing a home improvement radio show for about 17 or 18 years. Every weekend, come in and answer your home improvement questions. Uh, throughout the week, um, my business, which is Universal Roof and Contracting, we have a tendency to focus on roofing, siding, and windows. Uh, from a, a day-to-day business perspective, that's, that's what I mostly do. But when it comes to um, the questions that you can ask, really anything having to do with home improvement, uh, I've done a lot of things over the years. I've built custom homes. I've uh, had a remodeling division, uh, kitchen, bath, uh, so uh, a lot of things, home improvement, I I should be able to answer those questions. Uh, So if you have a leak somewhere that you're trying to find or trying to stop, uh, maybe you're thinking about replacing some flooring and you want to know what's the difference between engineered wood and laminate. Uh, or maybe you're thinking about, uh, you know, should I go over the top of that floor tile or should I remove it? Uh, maybe you're thinking about doing a remodel or an addition and you want to know what pays off. Uh, maybe you're thinking about closing in your back patio and you want to know, uh, should I raise the floor or should I keep it the same height? Uh, or is a building permit required for this? Uh, really, anything having to do with home improvement, uh, we'll take those calls today, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. I do have some stuff on my talk agenda to get to today as well. Um, some projects that we're working on and just some stuff going on. You can also email a question. So let's say that you're shy or don't like the sound of your voice on the radio, or you just don't want to talk to me, but you still want your question answered. Uh, You can email me a question to questions at inthehouseshow.com or questions uh, at universalroof.com. They both go to me, uh, and I'll read that question live on the air and then answer it. So uh, any type of home improvement question is perfectly okay with me today. So, you know, we have been, uh, you know, in, in uh, obviously we, uh, the last couple years, we've had a pretty fair amount of storm stuff uh, happening. You know, we had uh, Matthew and then we had Irma and, and then uh, recently we had some, uh, some additional hail storms. And so it just, you know, I don't know, I don't remember it being uh, th- this much all in one uh, time frame. But uh, so if you have uh, questions about any of those uh, things having to do with your roof or the outside of your home, 
uh, I can answer those questions uh, as well. Uh, and uh, I know that we're still uh, fielding a lot uh, in our business, universal roofing contracting, you know, still helping people a lot with a with a storm related putback uh, stuff and, and those sort of things. So uh, you can answer, ask those questions or if you just want a, an estimate, uh, you can call my office, uh, which is four nine five zero nine four eight again four nine five zero nine four eight. All right, uh, let's do an email question. This was actually an email question uh, that I got last week. Uh, didn't have a chance to get to it, and so uh, we will. Uh, I'll go ahead and read uh, this email question and then answer it. Uh, I, uh, 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 this comes to us from James. So James says, uh, I love listening to the show. Really appreciate you doing it. Uh I am thinking about replacing the siding on my house. I currently have cedar siding, and it has rotting at the bottom edges and around the windows. What type of siding do you recommend, and do you recommend taking off the old siding before installing new? Uh, all right. Thanks, James, for that uh, email question. I appreciate it. Uh, so... Uh, the type of siding that I recommend is uh, Hardy Board. Um, it's made by James Hardy Corporation. It's a uh, it's a cement fiber siding. Um, uh, when it comes to wood siding, you know cedar is great. It's resist. It's more resistant to you know rot than uh, some other types of wood is, uh, but it is still wood. Uh, and if you have wood exposed to the elements in Florida, uh, it, it will rot. Uh, and so, uh, so I personally like uh, hardy board. I think it's the, the best type of siding that is, that is out. Um, uh, and then in regards to whether or not to go over the top or whether or not to, to remove it, um, most cedar you can't go over anyways. So if it's lap siding, you know, just, you know, it has a, you know, kind of a beveled piece, right? The, the one piece goes over the top and there's not a smooth surface. So, so there's really not an option to go over the top of, uh, of most cedar siding. There is, um, you know, T111, which is, which is panel, uh, where it's, you know, four by eight or four by 12 sheets. Um, sometimes you can go over the top of T111. Uh, I typically don't recommend it uh, I like removing it and and uh, starting over. Uh, obviously, that's that's more pricey because um, most of the time with T111 siding, uh, there is not solid sheathing behind it. So what that means is is that when we tear off the T111, instead of there being plywood behind it, there it's just the you know the wood supports. Uh, and so in that case, you have to put solid sheathing first. You have to put you know half inch uh, plywood down first. And then uh, put this, uh, the you know the hardy siding over the top, so there can be some height change uh, or depth change things uh, with that. So, um, so but I in general I'm I'm going to usually answer that it's that it's going to be better to remove what is there, so that that way you're not marrying into old problems. Uh, the with the cedar siding that you're talking about, chances are you're going to have to tear it off. With T111, I usually recommend that you do because every single uh, T111 removal that I have done, there's there's additional wood rot than what you can see to the naked eye. Uh, with with T111, 
it's basically layers of wood uh, that are then glued together, that are laminated together. And so sometimes what will happen is, is that you'll get water that gets in up above it. And many times it'll actually deteriorate some of the middle or inner layers, but the outer layer actually looks fine. So every project of where I've removed T111, there is additional rot than what you can see from the outside. Uh, there's rot in areas that you wouldn't necessarily expect it. Now, most of the time when the rot's going to happen, it's going to happen around what we call a termination point or penetration point. So what that means is it's going to happen at the bottom edge because water splashes back up from the, from the ground onto the siding. So it's going to happen down near the ground. The rot's going to happen around uh, holes, around windows, uh, around where vents come through it. That break in that material, that transition, is where a lot of times where the wood rot will happen. And so if you just plan on replacing those areas, you know, where the wood rot is, then, you know, it's, then that's better than, you know, not removing anything. Uh, but it is definitely better to remove what is there. The other thing is, is that um, a lot of times the old T111 is not fastened well. Uh, uh, there may not be an underlayment system behind that. Um, uh, there's, you know, house wraps and things like that that are required now. And so um, when you have T111 that has existing paint on it, and then you you don't remove it, and then you put a, another vapor barrier on the outside. Uh, I've, I saw a study that talked about the concern about having, uh, you know, a, a waterproofing paint which is a vapor barrier, and then having a, a house wrap, which is a vapor barrier, or, or one's a moisture barrier, the other is a vapor barrier, having those next to each other could cause some, some moisture to get trapped between those two layers uh, if you go over the top of painted T111. So just be aware of that. Be cautious. I would rather uh, remove it. Uh, I think getting a quote both ways would be the best idea. And then that way you can see what the cost difference is, and then you can make an intelligent decision about uh, which one uh, it is that you're going to do, whether you're going to tear it off or whether you're going to go over the top. Um, but James, with your question, uh, I think that with the cedar, uh, if it's cedar lap siding, there's not an option. You, you have to you know, you have to remove it. Uh, usually the seat, I mean, the cedar is going to be a different thickness than the T111, or sorry, than the than the hardy board is. But the good thing about hardy uh, board is that it is a, uh, it is a fiber cement material. So it, it does have some wood fibers in it, but it is not wood. And uh, it really is a great material, comes with a great warranty. Uh, they do have an option where you can uh, get what's called a color plus version. Uh, and that's where the color is, uh, is actually factory adhered. It's uh, put on in the factory. Uh, and um, so that is a, um, you know, you can control the environments there. Uh, you know, it's still a paint. It's still a coating uh, on the outside. It doesn't, it's not a coating that goes all the way through. Uh, but it is uh, that factory applied coating is a good option. So many people will end up using the color plus version. You do want to uh, make sure that you use a Hardy certified installer. Hardy has an installation process that's you know pretty specific, and uh, so using a company that um, you know that gets it and and uh, understands how to install Hardy would be a good idea. So thanks James for that email question. Uh, if you want to email one, you can do that to questions uh, at inthehouseshow.com. If you want. Call now with your home improvement questions. Numbers here 
is 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. We're going to take a quick break. Come right back. You are listening to In the House on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back in the house. Your home improvement questions are answered right here, right now. Just give us a call, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045, and we will answer those live. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Jesse in St. John's. How are you today, Jesse? Oh, I'm good. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Uh, just uh, enjoying my Saturday morning for sure. How can I help you this morning? hardwood floors and um and i'm just trying to figure out if i need to how difficult it's going to be to replace i've got one of the the uh the, the boards that uh have has about silver dollar size uh deep Yeah, his phone's yeah, yeah, his phone's uh, cutting out. Let's go ahead and put him on hold here. So the the question um, uh, the question was he has a tongue and groove a wood floor, and I think he wanted to replace an individual piece in it. Uh, so we'll just go ahead and uh, answer it that way. So um, so yeah, I mean the the thing about tongue and groove is the you know and, and the principle behind that is basically each board connects to one another, and uh, you know the each board has a tongue on one side, meaning that it actually uh, adheres further, and then it has a groove on the other side that that tongue actually fits inside of. So each board interlocks to the next board all the way down. Now, if it's the very last board that gets damaged, which, by the way, it never is, right? It's never the last board. It's always the first or it's in the middle. Um, if it's the very last board, then theoretically you can pry it up and, uh, you know, and just, you know, kind of twist it a little bit and you can pull that, um, uh, the tongue out of the groove and, and you're okay. But that's not the way it ever happens. Like if it, you know, it just never happens that way where it's, where it's the last board, uh, that's going to get damaged. It's always going to be in the middle or it's always going to be in a walkway. It's always going to be the most prevalent area of the floor just because that's the way that it goes. Uh, at least that's the way it's always happened at my house anyways. So, uh, so then how do you get that piece out? So, so, um, sometimes you can do it and sometimes you can't, the, the, the thing is, is that understand that that piece will not come out unless you separate or you cut, uh, that tongue from going inside that groove. So usually what you would want to do is, uh, you would want to cut that piece out, the tongue part where it actually fits into the groove. So depending on the type of flooring that it is, um, uh, you would use, you know, a, 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 you know, like a skill saw or something that would actually allow you to cut through it. You want to make sure that you mark exactly where the seam is and you want to be very cautious in how you're cutting uh, so that that way you're not cutting the ones next to it. You also want to tape off that area so that that way you're not scratching it as you're cutting it. And um, and then you basically want to cut that tongue out even with where the seam is of where the two boards come together. And then um, you would need to um, you know place a new board uh, in. So what basically what you have to do is you have to trim it uh, usually a little bit so that it would fit inside that same opening. If the if um, 
you usually want to use an adhesive if it's uh, depending on whether it's to a slab or dep depending on whether or not it's uh, on a wood subfloor uh, would determine you know whether you uh, nail it or whether you glue it. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, cut the new piece to fit that exact uh, size of the opening, and then you f uh, f would fill it in with uh, with wood filler, um, uh, you know, in the section where you where you cut it out. So it can be done. There is an art to it. Um, if you know, depending on how good you are at this, uh, it's you know, I, there's I have flooring guys and finished carpenters who I've seen them do it and um and it you know and it it worked out fine and you know they're they're great technicians and and really good um at uh you know at doing finished work and it and you can never notice and then I know do-it-yourselfers who have tried it and it's you know and it looks like there was a bad wood that had to you know that had to come out so yeah um, and that was one of my i didn't know if i could uh if it'd be better to you know put the putty in it and they've got those uh those those markers where you can paint it you know the, the color of the wood um it's not right in the middle but it, you know it, it is going to be in a, it's not like you said in the corner but um you know and like i said it's about the size of a silver dollar and i, I just didn't know if i should i guess what i should maybe do is try to repair it with the putty thing first yeah. and if that doesn't work then and look good then and like you said, try to try to cut it out and trim that tongue and groove and make it fit. Yeah, I mean, I would always start with a minor repair first and see how it how it looks, and then it very well could be a great place for a for a throw rug. You know, <laughs> you never if it's if it's a good place for a rug in that area to go over the top of it, then you'd never see it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I would always try to do a minor repair first before I went straight to replacing the individual board. And um, uh, you know, and uh, so yeah, that's what I would try first. So, thanks, Jesse. I really appreciate it, uh, and and I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Appreciate you. All right, if you want to take his line, he's no longer using it. Uh, numbers three four zero one zero four five again three four zero one zero four five. You can call with your home improvement questions, and uh, doesn't matter the type of question, uh, whether it's flooring, whether it's uh, drywall. Uh, if it's uh, roofing, siding, windows, uh, really anything having to do with home improvement, numbers 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to have more home improvement talk. There is a line open for you. Uh, you can also email a question if you want. Uh, you can uh, email that to questions at inthehouseshow.com. I'll read it and then answer it live on the air. All right. You're listening to News 104.5 WOKB. Right now it's time for news and traffic. And then when we get back, more in the house. Be right back. Helping to make our community a better place. This is the WOKV Ask the Experts Weekend. Discussing the things that matter most to you. Have a question? Have it answered by our local experts. Call 340-1045. That's 340-1045. Now, In the House with Jared on News 104.5 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back. That's right, In the House. Your home improvement questions are answered. Thank you for taking a part of today's show. 340-1045 is the number to dial. All right, let's go straight to the phones. Let's talk to Marshall in downtown. Marshall, you're in the house. How can I help you? Marshall, you there? All right, let's uh, put Marshall on hold and let's go up to Bobby. Uh, Bobby, you are in the house. How can I help you? Ah, uh, 
Hello there. I have hey there. grout. I have grout in the corners of the walls in my shower, uh, but it's starting to to fall apart. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, do I uh, chip all that out and regrout, or should I chip it out and put caulk in? Um, how large of an area is it actually happening? Uh, it's just a stand-up shower, but, but it's happening uh, uh, along all four corners of the walls. Okay. So, I mean, the thing about grout is that, you know, grout is not a um, uh, something that necessarily lasts forever, right? And so, so right. usually once one area of the grout starts to deteriorate and starts to crumble and come out, that's usually the beginning sign that it's, that it's going to start happening everywhere. Now, it happens usually in areas that are harder to get the grout into the, into the, um, into the space, like in the corners, first and it happens in areas that have the the highest amount of moisture content that stay there for longer time periods so we find that the edges and the corners the grout starts to deteriorate first and then it makes its way throughout the rest of the of the shower so i i personally you can do it as a temporary measure to caulk it so let's say you say you know what i've got to take you know i i can't not shower you know, so I, 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 you go ahead and fill that area with caulk temporarily. I'm fine with that. But if if you have the time to do it, I would go ahead and regrout as opposed to just doing the caulking. So the caulking as a temporary measure is fine, but but you're going to have to regrout that pretty quickly. Chances are, anyways. Oh, okay. Is there any certain kind of grout that's uh, better than others? Yeah, so you want to use, uh, you know, when when you go to the the home improvement store, let them know what it's for, that it's for wall tile, and there's specific grouts that are designed to go in uh, in wet spaces with, uh, you know, with uh, tile. So it's usually a a sanded grout. and um, so a couple things with it is that you do also the, the biggest mistake that people make when regrouting is not getting the old grout out well enough. And so you really want to grind and scrape that that grout. Um, uh, you know, you want to get that old out as uh, you know, as as much as possible so that that way you have a nice, clean surface. And um you know, there's different grinding tools that are specifically designed uh, to, uh, to you know, clean the joints. Uh, there's actually uh, what's called a grout saw. And uh, basically, it, you know, kind of scrapes out that area so that that way you have a nice, clean surface. Um, and uh, it usually, you know, it attaches uh, to a Dremel tool, which is usually the easiest way to be able to do it and has a little guide on it so that that way you can actually, you know, clean out the grout that that's there uh, before applying the, you know, the new grout. So I would, I would definitely recommend doing that. And then when you do put the new grout in, you want to make sure that you, um, uh, you know, that you follow the directions and, and that you really press, you know, you use what's called a grout float, which is, is basically like a little handheld, uh, it has a handle on it, it has like a foam kind of rubber, um, uh, flat piece and you make sure that you p- really press that grout down into the into the joints you want to make sure that you're pressing it in not just floating it across um, so that that way that grout f- completely fills that void 
the reason why the corners a lot of times fail pr faster is is that it's harder to get it inside those corners and if it has if the grout has a void behind it then it's more likely to deteriorate faster in that area okay all right great that uh, answers my question i appreciate it yeah no problem thanks man appreciate your call if you want to take his line, it's 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. And, uh, you know, while you're regrouting, it's a it's a good time to, to change the color of the grout if you want. Um, uh, many people, you know, the, you know, styles change and, and regrouting is actually a way to kind of refresh that look um, uh, and make it look like it's, uh, you know, it's remodeled without having to spend the, the cost of retiling. And so, um, so you may want to look at changing the grout color uh, at the same time. Um, you know, the, you know, a white grout obviously in the shower is going to, uh, show mold easier than maybe some, some medium or darker tones. And so you may want to consider changing the grout color to, to that at the, at the same time. And then, um, the other, uh, mistake that I see people make, uh, when re-grouting is you want to make sure that you clean the grout off of the tile uh, as quickly as possible. So as you're as you're using the grout float to to actually you know press that grout in and then float it over the um, over the tile, uh, you want to make sure that you're cleaning the excess grout off of the tile fairly quickly. Um, many times, what people will do is they'll let that dry on there and harden, and then that creates you know kind of a film that goes over the top of the grout, or oh, I'm sorry, over the top of the tile. And, uh, you know, cleaning that as you go uh, is a really good idea. You know, you just have a, a bucket there with a sponge and, and you just clean the, the grout off as quickly as possible from the actual tile so you don't allow that film to sit on there. And because um, uh, that film can also, uh, you know, if you don't clean it properly, it can, uh, you know, um, the water will sit in there, mold will grow easier, and you'll find that you'll have to clean your tile more often. Uh, and a tile will get dirtier faster if you leave that film, the grout film on there. So clean, making sure that you clean that off uh, quickly is uh, is also a really good idea. So thank you for that question. We do appreciate it. Number here, 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Um, a moment ago, I, I tried to uh, take a caller. Uh, he had a, a question um, uh, uh, that was that he had his roof done, and then once the uh, after the roof was done, he noticed that there were cracks uh, in the ceiling. And um, so uh, I'm not sure if he was uh, make asking me if that was going to be normal or asking how to repair the cracks. So I'm just going to answer both of those questions, um, and, and it's an interesting topic. You know, so this is this is pretty common actually. Um, uh, when replacing a roof, uh, understand that, you know, the roofing material that is up there is thousands of pounds. And so you're, you have to demolish, you have to remove the, the roof that is there. And, and then, you know, there, you have the new roofing material that's delivered, which is thousands of pounds. And both of those are on there at the same time, many times, meaning that, you know, the roof is in place, you deliver the shingles there, those thousands of pounds are sitting on top of the thousands of pounds that the shingles are. And then you have to demolish, you have to remove all of that. Many times you have to, you have to re-nail. So you're pounding things. And, and so to get 
uh, cracks in the ceiling of the inside of the home during the re-roof process is actually extremely common. In fact, I would say it's more common to get cracks than it is to not get cracks. Um, understand that the ceiling is attached to the bottom side of the truss that is attached to the top side. So most uh, most houses today are pre-engineered trusses. And so what happens is, is there's what's called a, a top cord to the truss, which is what the plywood is sitting on. And then there's the bottom cord, which is what the ceiling is attached to. And all of those are all interconnected. So what that means is, is if you're adjusting the top part, you know, tearing stuff off and moving the top part of that truss, the odds of the bottom part vibrating and moving, it's, you know, is, is extremely likely. So, uh, so the odds of getting ceiling cracks when you replace your roof is, I mean, it's a very high percentage of the time that that's going to happen. Now, so, so how do you fix that? So how do you fix cracks in, in drywall and fat, uh, cracks in ceilings? So it's going to depend on the size of the crack. If it's just a minor hairline crack that's, you know, that's in the corner, then a lot of times just, uh, you know, just caulking and, um, uh, you know, filling that gap with caulking. And then the key with, with good caulking, what I have found, because what most people do is they use too much. What they do is they, they, um, uh, you know, cut the opening, the tip of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the caulking tube uh, too far back, so it's too wide. So you want to make sure that if you're just doing a very thin crack, that you really just cut just the very tip of off of that plastic part of the uh, of the caulking tube, so that that way you get a very thin line of caulking that actually comes out, and then. You want to. Uh, what I always like to do is I, I like to have a cup or a or a bucket of of water there, and uh, get my hand wet and then smooth over that caulking with that with that moisture. And what it does is that it really cleans the excess off and gets the caulking down into that groove. The biggest mistake that I see people make with caulking is they use too much. This the second mistake is is that they leave too much there. You 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 I would much rather you do it um add more than use too much in the beginning. So you got to clean that excess off if you do have too much on there so that that way you're not having a residue on either side of the actual crack. You're trying to fill the opening so that it's it's completely smooth. It doesn't have an indentation and it doesn't have any excess pushing out. And uh, so if it's a small crack, you can just fill it with caulking. Um, and many times you don't even have to paint it. If you use a, you know, if it's a white ceiling and you use white caulking, then, you know, then a lot of times you don't even have to paint it. Uh, sometimes if the crack is larger, you'll want to use, uh, you know, a patching compound and a spackle knife uh, to, to fill it and then smooth it out and sometimes even sand it and then repaint it. Uh, but those cracks uh, are pretty common uh, in, uh, in roof replacement. So, uh, hopefully I, I answered that question, uh, you know, properly for you. And if you have any other questions about that, just, just give us a call back. I know we, we lost you, but all right. So, uh, if you want to call with your home improvement questions, it's 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's the final segment of this week's show. So if you want to call this week, it's your last chance. 340-1045. You're listening to in the house. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back in the house. Your home improvement questions are answered right here, right now. Number 340-1045. Again, 340-1045. And, Scott, we had a caller that didn't want to go on air. That's right, Jared. Uh, her name was Kathy. She had a, a deck in the backyard, about 15 by 20, and she was interested in repairing it and replacing it or not repairing it, replacing it, I should say, and she wanted to know if there was any good materials. The material she brought up was AZEK, A-Z-E-K, and she wanted to know if you were familiar with it. Sure. Yep. Uh, very familiar with AZEK. Um, so uh, it is um, uh, uh, it is a, a PVC product uh, is what it is. Uh, so, I mean, the thing is, is that... It, um, AZEC is a good product. Most people, if they're going to replace their decks, are probably... Um, uh, you know, going to use Trex. Trex is a composite material that's that's extremely common. I like Trex. I think Trex does a good job. Azek, uh, we use a lot for exterior trim, um, uh, or uh, in place of you know, as an alternative maybe to Hardy uh, as well. And um, but I like the principle. And I like the idea of using something other than wood. Uh, the The problem with wood is that it's going to deteriorate and rot. If it's outside, wood will wood will rot, whether it's um, uh, pressure treated or not. And so I like the idea of using some other sort of composite material, some other material other than um, other than wood. So uh, Azek. Um, is is a fine material there's going to be some uh some size limitations uh with azek um uh as well so just you know just look at that but uh, azek is basically a pvc uh material so um so yeah i would be fine with uh with azek uh or, or tracks i personally would use tracks i like uh, tracks a little bit better thank you for that question we do appreciate it uh, again, if you want to call 340-1045, 340-1045. I want to take a moment to tell you about Renewal by Anderson. Uh, if you're tired of those old drafty windows and doors, uh, if uh, you know you go over and, and you can't open that window, it just doesn't open anymore, or it takes two or three people to actually get it open, uh, or uh, you notice that uh, your uh, air conditioning and heating bills are really high, uh, you you literally could be throwing money out your windows. And so uh, it's a good idea to replace those old windows with new uh, windows by Renewal by Anderson. And they make windows out of a material called Fibrex. It is a composite material. And it's the uh, only true composite uh, on the market when it comes to windows and doors. And uh, they really do have a great product uh, at Renewal by Anderson. It's the only company that I would use uh, in replacing windows and doors. The other great thing about them is that they uh, own the process all the way through. So whether it is... Um, uh, you know, the install, the, the, um, uh, the uh, actual material, the, it, it is Anderson. Anderson is over 100 years old, and they own the process all the way through. So it's not where you're going to buy the Anderson door and then some other company is going to install it. It's renewal by Anderson uh, all the way through. And so if you're thinking about replacing your windows and doors, I want you to call Renewal by Anderson. Their phone number 222 8064. Again, 222-8064. You can also get more information at rbafla.com.
And again, that's Renewal by Anderson, 222-8064. And they have a special for our In the House Show listeners, uh, 20% off the entire order. Uh, but you have to say that you heard it on In the House. All right, let's go to uh, Derek on the south side. Derek, how can I help you? We only have a couple minutes left, but how can I help you? Be real quick. Purchase a condo, has a contractor grade, laminate flooring that cannot be refinished. It is glued down to a wood subfloor. So my question is, I've seen products for uh, epoxy flooring. I can pour over top and then get an epoxy finish on top, and I just wanted to know your thoughts. Yeah, I'm never a, I'm never a fan of going over the top. Uh, I just I've seen so many times where what ends up happening is is you know if the if what you're adhering it to isn't solid, then it causes problems with what's on top of it. And so I can tell you that the large majority of the time when somebody goes over something with something else, there ends up being a problem later on. And so I would always recommend that you remove the laminate before doing any type of new floor, whether it's the epoxy or whether you're doing some other type of flooring. I just, I'm not a big fan of going over the top. So, um, um, but you can. So, but if you're going to, what you may want to do is just make sure uh, that, you know, that the, the existing laminate is, uh, is in adhered well. Now, is it, most laminates are, are floating. This one is not, right? No, it's a solid glue down. My neighbor just had theirs tore up, and it was a nightmare. It, it is. Uh, so it's laminate glued to uh, wood subfloor. Yeah. So it, it is It is hard to get it up, but I I don't know. I just I have such a hard time giving advice for people going over the top because I've just seen it go bad so many times because you're marrying into the problems that are there. If you are going over the top, I would recommend, you know, checking for any loose spots at all and then adding some additional fasteners, you know, screwing down in those areas just to make sure that it's adhered well if you are going to go over the top. So I wouldn't do, I wouldn't go over the top if it's floating. Obviously, with the glue down, I, I'm more okay with it. But still, I just, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of going over the top. But thanks for your question, Derek. All right, that music means we're out of time. Thank you so much for, uh, for listening today. I do appreciate it. Show's called In the House. If you're thinking about re- uh, replacing your roof, Universal Roofing Contracting, uh, 495-0948. Renewal by Anderson, 222-8064. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. See ya! Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.